Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Crises tend to show us what we treasure and where our hearts are. We may get anxious when those treasures don't last as we thought. Jesus knows all of this and spoke to it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 30. Matthew 6, beginning at verse number 25. We've got a long ways to go and a short time to get there, so let's go ahead and just jump right into the passage. Matthew 6, 25 through the end of the chapter. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is the trouble of its own. Isn't this just a great passage, guys? I love it. I really want to look at this in two major sections. Uh, And what I want to do is look at major section number one is a command that Jesus gives and some reasons for the command. And then three more commands he gives that those previous reasons are piled into explaining and a couple more reasons are given. I I, I think this is just brilliant. Um, I, I do have to say this though, whenever you see therefore in the passage, you have to back back up and find out what it's there for. This passage starts out in Matthew chapter six, verse 25 saying, therefore, I tell you, I mean, therefore what? Well, honestly, you have to back up to verse 19 where Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and where thieves break in and steal, where, excuse me, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So there's the corruption of the elements, the corruption of time and the corruption of broken humanity. Uh, you know, don't lay up for yourselves treasures in, in on earth where they can be corrupted, but lay out for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, if you remember the last time 
that we were looking at this passage, we we realized something really huge. The heart is a movable object. Whatever you treasure, you know, whatever you you put time and investment and energy into, that's where your heart is going. Um, your heart is a movable object. Whatever we're treasuring is what we'll be caring about. So then Jesus says, uh, you know, therefore I tell you. And what he is getting at is he's getting into the essence of, of what we treasure. Now, I, I stopped and made some notes about this. Actually, I asked myself some questions because Jesus's conclusion about all of this in Matthew 6, 24 was no one can serve two masters. He gives this warning. Watch out where you lay your treasures because nobody's going to serve two masters. Right. And it's really a call to move your heart to God. To, if you want, if you want to, to really have your heart set on the things of God, then you have to treasure the things of God. That's where you have to make your investment. And he says, and here's the reason for the warning, because your heart is not going to serve two masters. Then we open immediately with, uh, in today's passage with, therefore I tell you, therefore. Okay. Because there is the possibility that you'll be caught treasuring the wrong thing and then serving the wrong master. <laughs> Let me speak to you about worry. It's valid. So I asked myself some questions. Here was my first question. Where do we store our treasure? That's, that's what I was asking myself about my own life. Where do we store our treasure? Treasure. Uh, what is the focus of my life? What is the hope of my joy? Where do I invest? In other words, I was, you know, what do I really treasure? And what's my evidence I really treasure it? Um, my next question, um, was, um, where do we set our affections? Um, so if, if I think about what I treasure and then I say, you know, maybe I can get this to show up by revealing what I care about. So I ask myself some sub questions there. Am I more concerned with getting or giving? Am I more concerned with leisure, which is activity, right? It's activity centered around making me feel a certain way. Am I more concerned about leisure or service? Am I more Am I more content or, or centered on comfort or labor? Do I trust, do I really trust God or money? Um, that's a very difficult group of questions. And that, that's what I believe Jesus is, is, is trying to get at here. And he's saying like, listen, you can be found treasuring the wrong thing. And that'll lead you to serving the wrong master. Therefore, therefore, you'll wind up anxious about your life. Treasure the wrong thing, serve the wrong master, anxious about life. In other words, you start depending in, on other entities like money to be the source of your personal security, joy, happiness, so forth. So <laughs> this is really cool stuff. And I think a time like we're going through. This COVID-19 crisis, it really works to reveal our heart. It really works to reveal our heart. And maybe I can say this in a really silly way. And this, this is, this is liable to, to, to hurt someone's feelings, but I, I don't mean to. I, I had a mentor for years and years and years. And we, uh, uh, really it was an accountability partner is what I should call him. And we'd meet at least once a week, sometimes twice. We'd, 
he'd ask me accountability questions. He'd ask me things to make sure I was staying on mission. And, and we'd always, uh, have a great talk, a great prayer time together. A lot of times we would have breakfast. But, uh, back when the stock market really, really fell out and I, I was it 2008, 2009, we were, uh, we were meeting for breakfast. It was already on the calendar one morning after the great big fall. And, um, and, uh, he, he came in and he was, he's, you know, really joyful. And this guy was a really smart investor. And, and I, and I said to him, I was like, man, I, I've been praying for you. I'm, I, I was just thinking you probably have lost uh, a bunch of money. And he just starts to laugh and he says, yeah, it was like $435,000 yesterday. And, you know, I kept my poker face on the outside, but inside I had that freak out look, you know, and, and, and I just felt bad for him, but he was so joyful. And he said, and I said, look, you know, why are you so joyful? He says, well, that's not my treasure. He said, that's my tools. Boy, you talking about ministering to me. He said, it's not my treasure, it's my tools. He said, I've lost some tools, but I still have my treasure. He said, I treasure God. And he says, how about you? How much did you lose? I said, I didn't lose anything. I didn't have anything in it. <laughs> He says, oh, he just starts laughing. He says, well, you, you know, you, you got to get you some tools, son. And, and we just had a great laugh. And I told him, I says, I, I'm not worried about the tools. I, I, I treasure the tool owner. And the more we talked, the more we laughed. And that financial crisis really gave him a lot of joy because it put his heart to the test. And he realized that he, he, he did not, he, his hope, his joy, his peace, it was not set and his investments in his bank account, did he like losing all that money? No way. No way. No way. It's like any guy, anybody who has a socket set. This, this is the way he viewed it. You have a socket set. Well, I just lost a bunch of my sockets. So now it complicates, it complicates the work I'm used to doing. But it does not handicap the one who gave me the tools to begin with. I think it may be a silly illustration, but I think it gets to the heart of how a crisis or crises can really reveal our heart. And I, I think Jesus, this is this this is like Jesus could come right now and give us this teaching and really, really minister us. And so I believe this passage is perfect for today. So as we think about this passage, we we have to ask ourselves. What do we treasure? Because that's where our heart's going to be. And wherever our heart is, we'll love that master. So we could be treasuring the wrong thing, serving the wrong master, and therefore set up for all sorts of anxiety. Right? What we have is never meant to own us. You know, we're meant to use it, not for it to use us. And um, we're, we're supposed to tell it what to do. You know, the things like even money, it's supposed to just be a tool. And uh, it's not supposed to be our boss. We're supposed to be its boss. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we get turned around, my friends. You know, we're supposed to love people and use stuff. But a lot of times we get flipped around and we love stuff and use people. And so we find out that Really, God's not our master. Our comfort is our master. Our sense of financial security, uh, our sense of leisure 
And then we discover that even though we may have been mentally and verbally saying, I serve God, in actuality, we've been serving something else. Now, the cool thing is this passage was addressed to believers. And uh, so so Jesus is what he's really wanting to do is to get people who whose hearts desire him, whose hearts desire God to really have this honest walk with God. And isn't that what we want? We really just want this honest walk with God. So he gives four commands in this passage. Let's just look at one in this first part. This first command comes to us in verse number 25. Um, he tells us, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. All right. So don't be anxious about your life. And then some subsets basically says, don't worry. Then he very quickly gives four reasons not to worry. Reason number one, your life is more than these things, right? That's right there in verse 25 too. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then, uh, you know, as Jesus says this, I, I think what he's truly calling us to is to recognize in a fresh way his sovereignty and then to rest in his sovereignty. Does that make sense to anybody? So we need to just pause right here. He says, don't worry about your life in these subset portions of life. First reason, because, you know, your life is more. I mean, there's more. There's more. Is not life more than what you were and, and stuff like that? So let's just pause right here. Ask yourself. And maybe uh, because we have the luxury of... Um, technology, maybe you pause here and you just hold on after I ask these questions and you sit with God for a little bit. But what does make you worry, you in specific, you in particular? In general, in general, we worry when things are out of control. We worry when things seem to be out of control. We worry when we can't control things and we certainly worry when we can't control things and we're not certain we can achieve the des the result we desire. I think we worry when we love the wrong things, and I think that's the core of what Jesus is saying. And we and we um and we worry when we love the right things the wrong way. Um, I I'll never forget um uh, just watching this family struggle as God calls some this grown child into the mission field and their, and their family didn't want them to go to this potentially dangerous mission field. So it's right to love your kids, but it's not, it's not right to hamper your kids from obeying God's call in their life. And so, you know, it's, it's right to love your house, but it's not right to make, you know, to love your house in such a way that you're a, a great steward of this gift of God, but it's not right to love it so much that you put, you know, um, you know, your house or the beauty, beauty of your yard before the worship of God on and on and on illustrations abound. So there's all kinds of ways to worry. Jesus says, yo, that, that might be a paraphrase. Life is more than stuff. And it's amazing. He, he, he asserts here that life is even more than the stuff it takes to sustain life. So it'd be easy if Jesus would have said, Hey, life is more than clothes, man. But he says, there's more to life than food. Now, that offends a fat guy like me, right? He's saying even eating is not the most important thing. Whoa, whoa. Then he gives a second reason. 
He gives a second reason. His second reason was, reason number two, God cares for the lesser of creation, creation, and you're far more important than the lesser of creation. So, let me see if I can quote it here directly. Chill. Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air that neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? Here goes that indefatigable logic again. Remember that from before? If God gives us his son, what is he going to hold back from us now? Come on. He's not. If God loves little birds and puts food everywhere for them and puts house building or nest building material for them everywhere, God loves little birds. He loves you more than little birds. He loves little birds so much he takes care of little birds. He's going to take care of you, you big turkey. Reason three, reason three, worry doesn't change anything. Oh my goodness. You can worry all day. You can worry all night, you can worry all week, you can worry all month, you can worry all year, you can worry a whole decade, you can worry some scores of years. You can worry a century, you can worry for your entire life, even if it's a long life, and the worry itself will physically exhaust you, it will emotionally drain you, and it will spiritually rob you. Worry only manufactures the negative. Jesus says right here in verse number uh, 27, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of your life? He says, you're not going to create life out of worry. You're not going to create the extension of life. You're not going to create the quality of life. You're just not. Whoa. And not only that, the fourth reason he gives us is, 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 is sort of a encompassing more thoughts of creation. He's like, look at all the creation. God really cares for us. And he gives us some examples there in verses 28 and following. He says, and why are you anxious about clothing? He says, just look at the lilies of the field. He says, God will see a field and dress it in clothes that are better and more beautiful than Solomon could have ever worn. Do you think God is not going to give you the clothing you need to cover your body, the food you need to sustain your body? I mean, just look at creation. God is holding it all together by the word of his power. He's not going to let you down. And none of this stuff, fields are fields are not worrying at all. They're just sitting there waiting to get beautiful. Birds are not sitting still. They are laboring. They're not lazy, but they're laboring without worry. You see that? So this first command is just a ton of reasons. He's like, there's things more important. I'm watching after creatures who have given labor. I'm watching after fields who don't have to labor. And I, I'm telling you, worry is not going to add a bit to your life. So right here in the middle of this COVID-19 panic, this COVID-19 pandemic, we it would be really easy for us to be given over to worry. And Jesus says, I command you, don't worry. We hope you enjoyed that message. Next week, we finish Matthew chapter 6 and continue this discussion on God's command to not be anxious. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. Tim Bowes is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, 
a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.